This is the intro song for my asshole brain. <laughs> well, welcome to my asshole brain. On oh, it looks like on Poppy, it looks like it's like twenty six because yeah. we've had several two parters, which this might turn into. I don't know. It depends on just how long we can stretch the conversation. Uh, which I'm, basically is how we do everything. How long can we talk right. and people still want to listen? Which we've made it twenty one episodes, so who knows? We don't know how many people are still listening, but we're still recording, and that's all that matters. We'll never stop. We're the cockroaches of the podcast world. That's all right. We'll still be here long after everyone else has died or has gone deaf or has lost interest, whichever comes first. So I'm actually not bothered by that. <laughs> as long as we're entertained. Right. It really doesn't matter. We didn't get into Let's this be stuff. honest. We're doing this for our own fucking amusement. Right. Like, we didn't get into it for money or fame. We have no expectation that that's going to be a result. So it's really just so we can sit around... And just talk about shit. I got into it for money, but that's mainly because I go through your purse when I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, because I never have cash, so that has I know, it's not, out it's not well. worked out well, but I'm still hopeful. <laughs> Although, I wouldn't mind if you cleaned out my coin purse, because that fucker's getting heavy. If there are quarters in there, I will. <laughs> Laundry! <laughs> Probably. But it's mostly pennies. And one, like, plastic fake penny that, for some reason, I don't know where it came from, but I've held, held on to for years that sounds adorable i, I don't too. know why. like look at it it's fake it's now my lucky plastic penny <laughs> all right so uh this episode we are going to talk about uh pretty much over celebration which is uh sounds kind of vague and, and bizarre but it's the textbook definition would be celebrating but too much <laughs> overly <laughs> There you go. And An excessive amount of celebration. So we, we this is another one of those episodes where we haven't really had to do a lot of research on the science behind it because it's not so much about what's going on in our brains when we're doing this. This really goes back to other topics we've talked about before, which is honestly social media yeah. and, and competition. Yeah. And the the way social media fuels competition. Right. Um, so since we've discussed that in other episodes... Digitized Keeping Up with the Joneses. Exactly. Um, and so since we've already discussed those issues and kind of what's going on in our minds and why we feel the things that we do, we don't really need to do a rehash all those same ideas. Um, but we can. But what we want to talk about, and this was inspired by a recent event where there was a woman who was killed during a gender reveal party because the parents-to-be had decided that they wanted to use some sort of explosive device that would reveal the colored powder which would indicate the gender of their child you know blue for boy girl pink for girl I think it ended up being blue by the way I don't know that that really matters but one of the guests at the party was struck in the head by the shrapnel from the explosive device and was killed um how awesome is that going to be for that kid when they're born? Like, hey, somebody died as a result of your creation. Yeah, just so we could announce to the world that you were going to be born with either a penis or right. a vagina. <laughs> the whole world knows you have a penis because a woman died in the process of us revealing that. Yeah, uh, and that was so that was in October. So that's like less than a month ago. It was, I think, at the end of October. And then... Um, there was another gender reveal party that started a 47,000-acre fire 
When the dad-to-be shot a rifle into a target filled with an explosive combination of oxidizers and fuel. And a lot of this information comes from an, an Atlantic article that talks about um, pretty much this habit we've gotten into now, again, thanks to the rise of social media, of celebrating all of life's events, whether they really deserve that level of celebration. So the title of the article is The Over-Celebration of Life Events. Right. So we didn't coin that phrase. That's not us just being dicks. Bitter curmudgeons yeah. who are like, how dare you enjoy things? I don't have joy in my life. How dare you have That's right. But the reason this becomes a problem is not to say that people shouldn't enjoy things and people shouldn't celebrate things. But they shouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> Just not as much as they do. <laughs> Less enjoyment. Right, or to the extent that they do. Like, maybe it's not a great idea to go into massive debt for a wedding, right? What the hell you say? Uh, and I guess that's something, I, you know what, I suppose I should have, I, when I sent the doc to Stephanie, I even told her, I'm like, this is pretty bare bones. I usually do some pretty thorough research, but... I've just, my head's not been in it this week because... And also, there's only so much research you can do on people doing stupid shit. Right. Uh, And a lot of the research we do is, like, the scientific basis behind what... There's not a lot of science behind this. No. Um, Maybe we should have done more research into, like, the cost that goes into these things. But, for instance, I know that weddings, the cost of weddings has gone up. Uh, considerably over years. It's like a uh, multi-billion dollar industry Oh, absolutely. Now, so I mean, Ab- yeah. yeah, and um, I think they even talk about it in that article. Um, but you could even do just like a general search on how much money goes into this kind of thing now compared to what it used to. Like right. there are people who are throwing weddings that are cost the same amount that people pay to buy a house. Yeah. And or people pay to, you know, buy like 12 houses. Right. So uh, that is, and that's just in, in, in like you mentioned, a, a multi-million if not billion dollar yeah. industry just on its own. And you have shows like, uh, what is that? The one about the dress. What is that called? It's like on Something Bravo. the dress. Say yes to the dress. Yes. I think is what it is. Yeah. It's all rhymey. And I've watched it a couple times, um, really only when I was with Ava, when she will sometimes go through phases of wanting to watch stuff like that, like 90 Day Fiance. <laughs> Jesus. And I'll be like, oh, I don't know why you're watching this. And then, of course, I get sucked in and right. proceed to watch it. And I mean, yeah, you can understand it. Like, you know, you see some of those dresses and you're like, it's absolutely gorgeous. And, you know, you'd be like, I look like a princess for a day. Like, you can see the appeal. Right. But it's like the idea that somebody would spend that kind of money for something that presumably is going to be worn. Like, most people don't wear their wedding dress outside of their wedding day. Like, I mean, right. I would probably wear it in the Taco Bell drive through line because that's the kind of person I am. Well, you want to get as much money. You want to get the value back. You but, want you your know, bang for your buck. Yeah, most people, you know, wear that one time and that's it. And that's right. insane. And to the idea of spending tens of thousands of dollars on something that you're only going to wear for a few hours. Right. And never wear again. Sometimes people will preserve them. I mean, there's always a possibility that you could pass it on. But, I mean, how realistic yeah. is that? How many people actually wear ga- their mother's and their grandmother's gowns? Yeah. And um, a lot of times now, another trend that I'm seeing on there is they'll get two dresses. So they'll have one for the ceremony, yeah. and then they'll have one 
for like the, for reception. the reception. Yeah. One of the girls I work with just got married back in September and she did toy with that idea. Um, and I don't think she, no, she wore her dress for the whole thing. And I mean, the dress was absolutely gorgeous. So mm-hmm. it was even, you know, it made even more sense because, you know, she wanted to wear that all night and look, you know, all princessy like she did. Um, and I understand wanting to indulge that fantasy. Although I do have to say, just because you're getting married and people are like, well, this day is about me. I think people are losing sight about the fact that it's supposed to be like a group of people who love you and yeah. the person you're marrying getting together to celebrate the event. It's not an excuse to just be a raging asshole to everybody and to say, it's my day. I'm going to do whatever I want and just have ridiculous expectations of people. There's an entire subreddit that is just about wedding shaming where what they do is they will share like posts of brides who have posted ridiculous expectations of their wedding parties, of their wedding guests, and you have brides that are dictating even what guests are supposed to look like or wear or are complaining about um, not wanting certain people in their wedding party because they don't look a certain way, like they don't meet a certain beauty standard. And just... and No fat chicks on my wedding party. Right, or or, uh, you have to have a certain haircut or you have to... It's one thing to ask everybody to wear similar clothes. I think that that's kind of considered tradition. standard, yeah. Right, but... No tattoos. I've known people over the years that have made a big deal about, like, you know, if you're going to be in my wedding, like, you can't oh, get the have any of your it. tattoos showing, which is kind of like, you know, depending on where they are and the outfits you pick, that's not that hard. But, you know, if you ask, like, your best friend who's covered head to toe to be your bridesmaid, then you're just being a prick. Yeah. So, according to a CNN Money article... Oh, well, this is cute. Um, the, at the very beginning of it, they have a video of Kristen Bell's $142 wedding, which I'm here for. Like, I, <laughs> I think that's amazing. So the average cost of an American wedding was $35,329 in 2016. And most recent figures um, show that uh, that costs are going up. But the number of guests are going down. So it's not that people are inviting fewer people. It's just they're spending money on the people. You know, the more money on the right. few people who are attend. And like I said, you can do searches for, like, the the most ridiculous expectations that people have of guests and the members of the wedding party. And uh, it's ridiculous. Um, let me see. There's one here that shows valuepenguin.com, which I've never heard of in my entire life. Value penguin? So in Ohio, in the Cincinnati area, the average wedding is twenty thousand dollars, and the amount per guest is one hundred and forty-five. So close to where we live, that's what the average is: twenty thousand dollars, which can buy you a decent. That's more than what my car cost. The average amount is one hundred forty-five dollars per person. Yeah, that's ins- mm. yeah. So uh, all I can think of is all the different things that I could pay off or purchase. That's that is more than, like, a down payment on a home. As I was going to say, like, my thing has always been, like, like, in, me and a girl at work were talking about this yesterday or today about how much people spend. And I'm like, if I was going to spend that much money on a wedding, I would be more inclined to spend that on my honeymoon. Like, if I'm going to oh, yeah. twenty grand, like, let's take a $20,000 honeymoon and either, like, go balls to the wall on mm-hmm. extravagance or spend, like... I mean, which obviously it would dictate, you know, you have leave and, you know, work right. and stuff. And I'm like, let's go on a three-week honeymoon, like a three-week cruise, like shit like that. Like, let's yeah. put the money toward that. Or 
a down payment on a house. Yeah. When Steve and I got married. Something that shows value, like, either for memories right. or, like, you know, equity. That or, you can continue to use. Yeah. Right? Or, or at least you get to enjoy for an extended yeah. period of time. So when Steve and I got married, we originally were just going to go to the courthouse. Like, neither yeah. of us were particularly interested in a ceremony because we felt the same way. Like, we wanted the honeymoon. We wanted to just have a trip, right. to be quite honest. But my mother really wanted to to see a ceremony of some sort. So when we knew she was going to come in town from California, and I talked to my stepsisters, and I said, I don't know. I mean, did you guys want to come in? And they're like, uh, yeah, of course, come in for Boston. So then I was like, okay, so if people are making the, the trip here, we've got to do something a little bit more elaborate. So at yeah. that point, we did end up going into more. Now, it still was not an incredibly expensive yeah. wedding. I and mean, it was not elaborate. No, so, but we still had to pay for... We, we rented tables and chairs. We got a tent, and we got a bouncy house. I was house. Like, and the bouncy house. Of course, because there were a lot of kids involved, and yeah. we wanted to... And, and then, you know, the food and things like that. But it, it was more than I had intended to spend, but yeah. it was... It was not nearly as much as some people. So it was certainly not the average. I actually don't even know because so, there was a lot of the split, split costs. Like Steve paid a lot of it and I paid yeah. for a good portion of the honeymoon. And you even had stuff like uh, a friend made like some of the like macaroni, like some of the food yeah. and stuff. Yeah. So yeah, you know, I mean, like it wasn't like you even had stuff like, you know, like plate service or like fully catered. No, like, it we didn't. was still very casual, but I mean, it was... Like we bought some... Uh, pretty bottles and we bought flowers to stick in the bottle so yeah. a lot of it was kind of diy yeah and it still ended up being several thousand i think at the right. end of the yeah. day uh in part because steve does not do anything halfway <laughs> and it's so, fair. but it was a great time and i enjoyed it yeah. and and there were lots of drinks was, and there yeah was, it was like a nice little like kind of backyard backyard party yeah. and then you also got to see friends get married like yeah and there was a shit ton of alcohol and people could make their own alcohol. drinks and yeah. yeah so it was an open bar yeah. and a ton of cupcakes and stuff there and were a lot of cupcakes there were although by the time we got to them there weren't as many left so but that's fine but the point is that like there are ways that 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 you can do it so that it's not Overly expensive. Yeah. Granted, if people have the money, obviously, I'm not trying to say that people shouldn't spend the money how they want to. And I mean, if that's what I mean, if that's what you want to do, like more power to you. Like, I think there are plenty of people though who don't have any interest in doing that, but do it either out of a sense of obligation to family and friends, yeah. or because they think you know, like I don't want people to think. Like people have kind of started equating, you know, like the amount you spend in the spectacle that you create. Like, they equate it to, you know, like, well, people won't know that I love this other person this much unless I, you know, like, it's not. Well, I think, actually, I've seen, so every once in a while, they'll be, again, referencing Reddit. Um, and uh, a lot of times they'll have AMAs, and there's been a couple times when they I've seen them ask wedding planners, like, what gave it away that the wedding wasn't going to last? And what's really interesting is one of the, the common themes I've seen is that the more someone spends on a wedding, the shorter the marriage yeah. actually lasts. What was it like? Kim Kardashian's first wedding was like obscene. I don't yeah. have a dollar amount. I'm sure it was probably more than a million because everything she does is more than a million. Oh, absolutely. Um, but And they were, I don't even know if they were married. Oh, I don't think that was her first wedding. Are you talking about the, the guy who was the basketball player? I think she was med married before that. I think that was her second so maybe marriage. The second. So I what, think Kanye was her was, I would say whichever one was prior to Kanye. I think that's Chris. Was it Humphreys or something? something I don't like know. That. But I mean, I don't even think they were married three months. I don't know. 
I mean, like, it was short. Well, the, at the end of the day, the emphasis should, emphasis should be on the marriage. The wedding is a, a single-day event. Right. And what's really important is whether or not you can pull off the actual marriage part, right? But right. I think a lot of times... I absolutely indulge in it. It's a special day, and I'm not trying to say people shouldn't celebrate it. But if the focus is on the spectacle, yeah. And let's face it, a lot of times people are doing it because it's status, yeah, or because they want to um, rub their wealth in other people's faces. So it's an it's an yeah. ostentatious display of their own wealth and what they believe to be their importance. They think it's a reflection of their status and their worth. If, Which, because everyone knows there's not anything more, you know, beneficial or important you could do with that amount of money. Right. But that's, to me, that's <coughs> the point where it becomes a little gluttonous. Yeah. And I don't think, I'm not impressed by it. I'm actually kind of grossed out yeah. by it. But that's a money thing. Um, and, and a lot of the stuff we're talking about is not even just the money that's spent on it. Because sometimes the things that we're going to be talking about aren't even very costly. So it's not necessarily that people are spending a, a great deal of money on these things, which is sometimes the case. It's that it's this insistence on publicly celebrating every milestone or event that it, that happens in yeah. your life. So things that should be more about the emotion or the sentimental value, and not you know like my thing on it was you know, like monetizing sentimental life moments. Yeah, like and making everything about a dollar amount. And that's part of this as well, is what has happened is it is, it is tied to consumerism as right. well. So what has happened as a result of this, when you have social media and you have people posting these things on there, other people are inspired to up the ante, right? Like, oh, well, this person did this. Well, I want more attention. I want more likes. I want more shares. Right. So I have to do something bigger and better. That usually this involves... This person's child's first birthday pictures were done with an entire room <laughs> full of teddy bears. I'm going to get a whole zoo of bears. Right. So they And, and so it's it, it really, in order to achieve the bigger and better, it usually costs more money right. as it's well. It's like heroin. Like, you use a little amount, and then you have to keep using more and more. It's the same <laughs> right. kind of thing. And, but that's, and but that's the competitive draw. aspect of social media is this idea that if you, you see someone else doing something and they got a lot of attention for it and you want more attention than that, so you've got to find a way to do it, an even bigger version of whatever they did. And so that can include weddings, which is kind of the big one. But traditionally, weddings are big. So that's, that's not a new thing. But there are some other things that are coming around that are new and are becoming kind of ridiculous, like the gender reveal parties. Um, and some of these are really funny. And, and one of the conversations that I've seen when I was kind of looking at it is the idea that also that the whole gender issue is kind of ridiculous anyway, that because a lot of times when they pull this theme into it, associated with the idea of is it a boy or is it a girl, there, there are different gender stereotypes. Like, right. is it guns or glitter? Like the idea that if he's, yeah. if your baby's born... Baseballs with, or Barbies. Blah, blah, right. Blah, blah. That if your baby's born a boy, he's going to like violent things. And if they're born a girl, they're going to like shiny, sparkly things. Right. Which, of course, may be the case. However, it's just kind of reinforcing... It could also be switched around. Right. It's your little boy might like shiny, sparkly things, despite his entire nursery being decorated in camo maybe he wants a glittery gun you never know they do sell them i've seen them so that it's kind of it's determining or it's pigeonholing your child right. into certain likes and behaviors while they're still gestating which yeah. is really fucking ridiculous yeah. and then you know obviously <laughs> 
gender sort of a social construct thing. So yeah, there's just there's. Mm. And even if there's a lot, also it's really fucking creepy. Like I mean, if we get down, it's really creepy to make a big deal about whether or not your kid has a penis or a vagina. <laughs> like that's the end all be. All. Like I get it. Like yes, like that's this, the most important thing right. about. Like your I child. get at this point, like I'm birthing a person, and other than the standard fingers and toes and eyes and noses and things, you don't have a lot else. But. Yeah, celebrating, like, you know, my baby has a penis, hooray! And then I have seen gender reveals, too, where, like, one of the parents, frequently the dad, is, is like, irate when pink smoke spews out of the box that it's not a boy. And it's like... That's disturbing as well, right? When you see these people during these gender reveals being disappointed that the child isn't going to be the gender that they wanted it to yeah. be because which they, now you also have you know documented evidence that when your dad or mom whoever found out you weren't a boy or a girl they were pissed right so you have proof that they were disappointed to find out that you weren't yeah. born with with the, the i love you no matter what really because this <laughs> video i found on facebook indicates that you weren't cool about me being a girl. right so now you have a permanent yeah. reminder that your dad cried when he found out he was going to have yet another girl or that right. mom cried because she found out she was going to have her another eighth, boy, or whatever. boy or something right uh, so that opens up a whole other uh, can of disturbing worms that... And that's money that you spend on a gender reveal that you could have saved for the inevitable therapy that that child would need. <laughs> so... Don't have a gender reveal Again, party. a have poor therapy party. Yeah. <laughs> again, a poor monetary decision. Right. And, and, the fa- and the thing is that there are entire industries that are buying into this, that are like making money off of this idea of we have to celebrate every single step. And then... And the other side of this is, what are you asking of the people around you when they're re- when you are requiring them to participate in the celebration of every step of this process, and not just the baby thing? Um, it's exciting to have babies. Like I'm all on board with like showers and stuff like that, yeah. and giving them gifts that they need. Um, but when you have, but then when you add gender reveal into it, although a lot of times those aren't gift giving parties. No, which but is, I mean, frequently, you know, it's things like, you know, like drinks and food and refreshments. Right. So, you know, someone's putting in time and, right. you know, money for that stuff. So, you know, you get that. And, and then the decorations and stuff. So, again, right. you're thinking about like, this, so again, we are monetizing right. these events. And so somebody is exploiting this and is feeding into it to tell us that we need to do these things. So we will continue to funnel our hard-earned cash into stuff that is actually pretty unnecessary and so you know you've got that you've got showers sometimes people will even have like naming ceremonies you might have a bris again a lot of times those aren't gift giving things though but there's still like the the food or the the and a lot of that stuff again like when we talk about like you know oh and christenings yeah a lot of that stuff has been turned into gift giving things though too things that, that weren't that yeah. used to be like you know bar mitzvahs and stuff like that i mean you know there's always oh, those been have a, always been i'm gonna say there's always been some, but yeah <laughs> but there's still you know there's lots of things where it's like you know it's not just a gift it's like yeah well i mean as far as bar and bat mitzvahs go because i had several jewish friends when i was a kid and those have always been like big gift giving okay. events so that's a, not a new thing for those but other things that were originally just like, hey, let's together and do this thing, have been now become morphed into gift-giving events yeah. when they weren't. 
And that's the other thing too. First of all, like we don't need to give gifts for everything because what that does is it makes everything material. It makes it all based right. on what am I going to get out of it rather than just a celebration. Like it's okay to have a celebration where you don't buy stuff. Yeah. Like you can just enjoy being around other people, eating good food, having drinks, and that is not even alcoholic. Like just enjoy other people's company. And I feel like what's happened is a result of these things being posted on social media where people continue to, again, up the ante, is people feel compelled to celebrate these by turning them into gift-giving moments when they weren't originally. And so everything, again, kind of centers around consumerism and competition. Who's going to give the best gift? And gift-buying for me is incredibly stressful because I think very hard. I work very hard at giving gifts that I believe the person's going to like. See, I just suck at gift giving. Like, I don't know that I'm necessarily inconsiderate, though probably a little bit. I much prefer the idea of, hey, I saw this thing in April and I was like, that thing's really cool. And I saw it and then I saw you two weeks later in May and I gave it to you. Right. Like, the pressure, like, and I'm not good about thinking ahead and being like, oh, well, their birthday's in April, so I'll make sure. Like, so I find, like, like, why does there have to be a time frame? Can't I just give you a gift whenever the fuck I want? And honestly, and I would rather, I like that idea because I, because it, I try very hard to give gifts I know people will like. I can stress out if I'm not coming up with something. Right. Or if I've given really good gifts in the past, then I'm like, fuck, I'm never going to be able to give a gift that good again. So everything I give now is just going to seem lame in comparison. The first, the, there's been a few times where I've gotten really good gifts and I'm like, I'm never going to fucking top this. Yeah, and then you feel kind of bad, and so when you give them things after that, it just feels kind of like Sorry, a letdown. Sorry, this sucks. This isn't nearly as good as that one time when I did that really yeah. cool thing. Yeah, like I gave my old roommate the heart of the ocean, like from Titanic. Uh-huh, like I, I remember that. that. <laughs> like, and I specifically put a note with it, like, I'm never going to top this. Yeah. I know, th- like, we need to both know this now. Just accept it. Yeah. There's been a couple times Steve has done that where he's given me, like, big gifts, and he's like, just so you know, don't expect this to be yeah, what it's like every time. Yeah. And that can be really stressful as well if it is something that involves gifts. So uh, being expected to come up with something thoughtful. And I've had I've had situations where, especially in my former marriage, where his extended or his family was very big on giving gifts, and I appreciated the the kindness and generosity. And a lot of times they were they were good about giving stuff but sometimes like for instance they would insist on doing stockings for all the kids and they would fill them with just shit that i had to find places for like yeah. i can't tell you how many yo-yos and sets of jacks that my children got over the years that they never fucking touched and it just becomes and now the environmental impact of when you really think about it like the cost and I don't mean like the the money cost because they were cheap. The environmental, the environmental cost, cost of manufacturing and shipping and disposing of yeah. all those unnecessary gifts. It's it's damaging. And and on top of that, for me as always as the parent who was responsible for finding a place to put all this shit and trying to maintain at least a semblance of order in my house. It stressed me the fuck out. I remember there was one year where I finally told my ex, I'm like, you know what? This year, you get to find a place to put all the stuff. So you can understand why I stress the fuck out about finding something to do with all of these toys. And you get to do it. And he spent hours doing it. And afterwards, he was like, now I see why this stresses you out. And I'm like, I would rather... And there have been occasions where I've gotten gifts from people who felt like they had to give me something 
And so they just bought me a thing. Yeah. And I'm like, you know what? I'm not going to be offended if you don't give me a gift. Because when you give me something that I have no use for, then I have to figure out what to do with it. So yeah. you're actually kind of giving me a, a problem. Does that like make taking sense? That person's, like, it's basically that person taking their... Huh, what do I give them? And then buying them something and then passing on the yeah. huh, right. to the gift giver, the receiver. I'm like, I couldn't figure out what to do, so now you have to figure yeah. out what to do with it. And my grandmother actually used to re-gift shit. And it was funny because one year she gave me a pink brush that had teeth marks in it. So like a dog at some point had bitten into the handle and she passed it on to me. She had a pair of pink slipper <laughs> socks that for a while... We would just give, like, each year we would give to a different family member. Yeah. I think Jack was the last one to receive them. I don't know. I think they got lost in a move somewhere, but that was kind of a joke. But that's the idea. It's like, I would prefer you give me nothing than feel obligated to give me a gift that I have no use for. My grandma, a couple years, like, it's it's been a while, um, but she was big on doing, like, the stocking with kind of, like... Just, like, random little generic, like, lip balms and little things like that. And it was kind of like, it was stuff like, you know, out of, like, the 15 things that might have been crammed on the stocking, maybe two or three things I was like, ooh. I could use this. And, you know, and out of those, like, two or three, probably, you know, like, one made it, like, a year where it was like, oh, yeah, I still have that thing and not a, whatever happened to that random piece of crap? Like, and it's kind of one of those, you know, if you fill it with, like, 15 one dollar dollar store things most of which are going to be like oh it's cute but i don't need that i'm going to put it in a goodwill box just give me 15 dollars and that's actually what i do with my kids i'll give them a candy that i know they like um a lot of times i'll give them like a a chapstick yeah because they were always asking for mine so i'm like fuck it i'm gonna give you your own own fucking chapstick and then i would give them a gift card for something that they like so i would rather give them a 15 dollar used to be itunes but then they have like the, the family, like the Apple, yeah, whatever it is, so they all can do it. So I don't do that. So I'll find other stuff like GameStop yeah. or whatever. Starbucks, I think they like. I would rather give them a $15 gift card I know they're going to use than give them $15 of junk yeah. that they just don't need. And like my, like my mom is still like, she thinks that cash is sort of impersonal, which yeah, on some level I understand that. Of course, when you're a broke-ass college student, cash is king, right? Exactly. My kids want money. Right. And my <laughs> my dad has always been very big, like he's like, you know what you want better than I do. Yeah, go so, shop you know, for yourself. Unless you give like a specific down-to-the-detail shopping list of the things you want, and my dad's cheap as hell, so like if, he, like, if I tell him like I want this type of thing, he's gonna buy the cheapest one there is, which may right. or may not be any good. So his thinking is always like, if I have a hundred dollars to spend on you, and I don't totally know what to give, like I'm just gonna give you a hundred dollars. And I'm okay with that. Yeah. Because yeah, I'm gonna say, I, and as an yeah. adult who has to pay bills and you know, yeah, cash money in for quarters for the laundry, like, yeah, give me money. Now, not to say I don't, I love receiving gifts from people who know me. Right. Who yeah, know me good, well. Good gifts are awesome. Like, right. Because a lot of times it's something I didn't even know I wanted. Right? right. And it's like, what? Like you, you say you're not good at gift giving. I've enjoyed every gift you've ever given me. No In fact, pressure. I was just playing with that screaming goat that you had given me. <laughs> a friend, uh, a friend of mine, she brought her baby into work, and I was playing with him. And so I was like, uh, and. Uh, Actually, a few things you've given me. There was the little, there's like a cat pen yeah. with a bell on it and the screaming goat. I'm like, here, let's look at all these fun things. And he enjoyed all of them. Here, that. baby. Right. Here's things other people have given me. You can play with them. Um, so I love that. And my stepsisters are really good at that. I right. always enjoy gifts from them and I always appreciate it because it's always something I, that I, that's unexpected. Yeah. Like you said, I didn't I know enjoy. I needed this, but now that I have it, I can't imagine having never lived with it. Right. 
But what that also means is that I want to return right. the favor. And, I, you know, like one of my stepsisters I have a tendency to get jewelry for, I think that she'll like. I don't think I've ever actually seen her wear the jewelry I've gotten her. So <laughs> in recent years, I'm like, maybe I need to stop buying her jewelry because I don't see her wear it. Now, granted, she lives in another state, so I only see her once, twice a year. Yeah. And maybe she is wearing it. I just don't know. But I hate the idea of giving something to someone that they're not going to appreciate. They put in a drawer and they're right. just like. So it really is for me, like, I want it to be something that they really enjoy. Right. It's not just about, I have a an obligation and I'm going to fulfill it. So if my kids say, I really want and need money, I will give them money because I know that's what they value and require at the time. However, in other situations, if I can give something thoughtful, I, I try to do that. But I can handle it for Christmas and birthdays. If I'm expected to give a lot of gifts throughout the year, the year for numerous events, it's too much. And and so that's where the kind of the over celebration can be a lot. Like how many gifts am I expected to give you? Like if you're getting married and you have an engagement party and a bridal shower and a bachelorette Bachelorette party and then the wedding... Am I required to give gifts for each of and those God things? God help you if you're also included in the wedding. Oh, yeah. And then all the expense of, you know, like your the dress, dress and your shoe, yeah. you know, and all that stuff. Yeah. I think that when my ex-husband's sister got married, we ended up spending, because it was out of state and we had to fly down. Did we fly or did we? No, we flew. And we had to rent a van. I think we ended up spending over $1,000 to attend and be in her wedding. Yeah. For two broke young people with a couple of kids, that's a huge, huge expectation to ask. So honestly, at that point, like, I wouldn't even expect, when we, when Steve and I got married, we told people, you just show up. We don't expect gifts. Some people still brought stuff and it was very nice. Right. We had absolutely no expectation that people were going to bring gifts because we're two middle-aged people getting married. We have established households. We have full-time jobs. We don't need And that's things. another thing, like a lot of the stuff that's always been standard for wedding registries mm-hmm. and stuff like that. A lot of that stuff anymore. People have. Right. Because they've been married before or they've lived on their own or with more their likely, partner. Yeah, more likely they already have combined house yeah. you know they've already combined a household they may or may not have kids already but it's one of those like again when um the friend i work with got married recently her honestly one of her big things was you know if she could encourage people was to give them money because they were going to go on like a little mini moon thing yeah and they wanted money you know spending money and money to help put towards that and it was one of those like yes they had things on the registries that they would the mm-hmm. registry that they would like but there were certain things where it was like yeah they have you know this nice set of dishes but they have dishes it's not like they're eating off of the countertop right so it was like certain things it was like yes it would be nice to get them that but, but they it's not all, a necessity. yeah but they already have it so my yeah. in, you know my inclination was giving them money because it was like a lot of the stuff they had it was Yes, it would be nice, and yes, it's nicer than what maybe they have already. But the money's going to go towards what they really need it to right. go for instead of, you know, being like, we're glad you got these dishes, but that's $100 in cash we could have gotten. You know, like, when I got married to my ex-husband back in 19... <sighs> Shit, how old was I? I was 22. We'd already lived together for quite some time. Right. And 
I was still in the mode of thinking, when you get married, you register for China and silver. I feel like that is largely considered to be unnecessary nowadays. But at that I time... it's pretty not... I mean, it's traditional, but it's I don't think that not I, standard anymore. No, I don't know that a lot of people do that anymore. I still have a set of China that we fucking registered for that I have to tell you is not attractive and we've never Maybe, fucking used. Yeah. And so I look back on that and I think, why the fuck did we register for this shit that was very 90s? And now I look at it and I'm like, oh my God, this is so dated. And we've never even used it. <laughs> Bless you. I'm sorry, listeners. <laughs> I couldn't help it. It's all right. Everyone's sneezing. At least you don't squeeze like Steve does, which scares the shit out of me. So I, I was still kind of stuck in like a traditional thinking at that time and not even realizing we could break out from that. But we did also ask people to donate to our honeymoon because we had lived together for a while. We had pretty much the basics of what we needed. Yeah. And we just kind of wanted money to go somewhere. And a lot of people donated to that and it was great. So I am all for giving people money to go on honeymoon, especially because I do think a lot of couples, like you said, have already lived together and have established yeah. homes and have stuff. And I would rather put money, I mean, I would rather put money towards people that are getting married, they're going on honeymoon, like, to help them make, you know, have an awesome honeymoon yeah. and make good memories and, depending on their situation, not be on their honeymoon and be like, well, we can't really afford to do that thing that we're both interested in because that's another $50 that... We really shouldn't be putting into yeah. this, especially if they do, you know, like when we get home, we have the kids and we got to make sure we do this, this and this. So really, we shouldn't spend that 50 yeah. here. Like, we want to like, encourage yeah, them to like, I want you themselves. to have, yeah, have fun. Like you just put in months or maybe years, depending, you know, you put in a lot of time on planning this. It was stressful. Like this is your calm down, relax, enjoy each other thing. Treat yourself. Yeah. Have, you know, yeah. Enjoy it. And, and Or even my, I do it with baby shower gifts and stuff too, or like kids' birthday parties, like gift cards. That way if randomly one day, like six months from now, you're like, I don't have any fucking money and I yeah. need diapers. Oh, I have that random gift card. Yeah. Oh, yes, I'm happy to do that. I especially do that like for baby showers. Yeah. But I also, my standard gift, like for first birthdays is books. I'm really big on books. Yeah. Because I feel, again, I'm an English teacher, so of course I am. And I feel Nerd. like a lot of people, I know, a lot of people are happy to give toys yeah. and clothes. A lot of stuff that the kids don't necessarily need. Yeah. Every kid needs books. And I always buy ones that I remember my kids yeah. absolutely love. I lean towards books and like for first birthdays, I try to give, like if I can... I try to give mom a gift because I'm like, it's same kind yeah. of like with baby showers too. Like, everything's about the baby. So like, the baby shower, and nobody gives a shit about mom other than the fact that she's going to spit out a cute baby. So, like for the first birthdays, like I try to give like a gift card or something that would be something that would benefit mom. Yeah. I've had that before. Like I had somebody give me a pair of really nice pajamas yeah like not fancy but just nice yeah. comfortable and it was like you deserve something too and i yeah, was and I'm like so because tough. that first year is fucking yeah. exhausting especially yeah. like i mean no matter what but if it's your first kid you just spend a year like trying to figure out how to make sure that that kid was still alive so right. you could have a first birthday and it was even i remember the pajamas were even buttoned up in the front which means that i could nurse, could nurse wearing them, them. Yeah. it was such just a a, a thoughtful gift that really was very very touching and so that's the kind of thing like i i i think those things are wonderful yeah. i do think celebration and gift giving is good when it's thoughtful and it's intentional and it's not yeah. excessive instead of just like you know like oh i have to get a gift 
Right. Obligation. That's when it becomes obligatory, especially when it's excessive. Like the idea that you have to engage in all of these things. And that's one of the the quotes that I found from that, that, um, the Variety article when they were talking about kind of the, or I'm sorry, the Atlantic article that talks about the extent that people can go. It said, um, uh, the impulse is expensive, creating tension for guests who feel weary from expanding obligations and the ambiguity surrounding gift-giving conventions. There's a consumerist element to these parties, not just in how they are broadcast to be consumed online, because of course they're always filmed and posted, yeah. but in the expense they create for both hosts and guests. Um, so again, like this idea that you have to have all these different things involved. And then that's that we haven't even talked about like destination weddings where you're also expected to travel. I remember when, when I was pregnant with my son, Jack, and I wasn't work like I had just graduated and I wasn't working. My husband was working, but not making a lot of money. And we had friends that got married and they were going on a destination wedding, which we could not join them on because it was too expensive, but they still decided that they needed to have a reception. And for that reception, they insisted that the people who would have been in, there was no ceremony, but she still wore her dress and everyone in the wedding party still had to wear their gowns and, and tuxes. So this was like three weeks before Christmas. And my husband at the time had to rent like a hundred dollar tuxedo to be in a reception for a wedding that we weren't even going to be attending. That's insane. And... It was one of those things where I'm like, do you have any idea the weight that that is putting on us, the sense of obligation? And it's not even the ceremony itself. Like, it's just the party. Like, why are you insisting that people... Which means it's for, you know, photo ops and, you know, the appearance. And I get you want to have those photos, but then, you know what, then you just accept the fact that your photos at your destination wedding aren't going to contain... The groomsmen and the bridesmaids right. because we can't afford to spend two thousand dollars on a cruise. Right. So it, it, it's that's where it becomes to me. It, it's when you have decided that other people are obligated to invest a tremendous amount in something that you're celebrating, whether it be financial or attention time, wise, yeah. time and attention. And so like this idea that like we have to celebrate every event. Like we talked about this birthday months. Like when people want to celebrate. A birthday for an entire month. Now, if you personally want to celebrate your birthday month and so you plan a variety of things for yourself to treat yourself, I don't have a problem with that. When you expect other people to invest time and money over a number of events throughout that month, that's when it becomes to me Like on my birthday, we're going out for dinner and drinks and then to a club. And the weekend before that, we're going to a thing and... Columbus and the week before that like yes that's fun but an expectation that someone is going to participate in all of those right. things for an entire month yeah. and then you know like especially if you're someone that kind of equates it to like well she only came to one thing so obviously she's not yeah she's not my friend right she didn't spend enough money right and that's really like if you're price tagging it if you're insisting that like it's not a real friendship unless people are willing to spend an excessive amount of time and money on you to celebrate your different events, I used to use my birthday kind of as an excuse to like, hey, let's get together. Like when you're just saying, let's try to get together for dinner, people are like, oh, I can't, I got this or that. But when you say, let's get together for my birthday, people are have a tendency to be more inclined to make time for that, right? Yeah, because it's like, it's a birthday, so it's important. 
Right, and it's a specific day and time. So you can be like, okay, so this date for my birthday, I want to do this thing. So the only time I've ever used my birthday, like it was an excuse to get people together who I wanted to see and have fun with. There was no expectation of gift giving. It was more like, hey, let's use this as an excuse to see each other and spend time together. That was it. Exactly. Let's go have food and drinks or let's go dancing, right? It was never like everybody shower me with gifts and intention. It's like, please let's get together. And so I, and I actually get uncomfortable when people give me gifts. There was one time I remember when we were having a party and Steve had a gift for me and the party was on my birthday and I, and I told him, I said, if you have a gift for me, um, can you please not wait and give it to me at the party? Cause I'm really uncomfortable opening stuff in front of people. Like I don't like being the center of attention to the extent that like everybody stops and looks at me. I don't like that. Like, I'm okay doing it if I'm teaching or something like that or, like, if I'm talking. But there's this huge expectation when you're opening gift to react in a certain way. And if and you feel like if you don't react in that way, then you've somehow disappointed the gift giver. That is so much And then everybody sees that, too. Right. It's, she didn't seem that excited. Right. So th- there's, like, this performance expectation that stresses me the fuck out. Like, my... So when I was... Uh, when we were kids growing up... We everybody just kind of opened presents and then got excited and said, "Wow!" When my stepdad came to the picture, he insisted that everybody take turns because he wanted to enjoy every single person opening these gifts he gave him, so that they could show him ample gratitude and ample excitement for the gifts he gave. So we couldn't just dive in. No pressure. No shit. Right. So like we had to take turns. So you could only open one gift at a time and only one person at a time, and you had to express. Ample gratitude and excitement over the gift. So you had to perform for every gift opening. It freaked me the fuck out because I was already under a microscope. And that's obnoxious. And so now with my kids, I'm like, I don't care. You guys open it at whatever pace you want. Just thank the person who gave it to you. That's all. Yeah. And a lot of times I will wait because I want to watch other people open their gifts. But I don't make them do it one at a time. I'm happy to see... I like the excitement and the energy of everybody just kind of ripping shit open exactly. at one time. And ta-da! This idea that, no, you have to perform for me and you have to show me a cert- an expected level of excitement and gratitude or else I'm going to be disappointed and hold it against you and deem you ungrateful. Right, like you have a notebook like, well. Oh, my! he already thought I was ungrateful. So then there was this added pressure that if I don't respond accordingly, then it's going to be used against yeah. me. That shit is stressful. Yeah. And I have no interest in that kind of performance. So I told Steve, I'm like, please don't make me open this in front of people. If you have something to give me, can you just give it to me? And he did. And it was just us. And it was fine. And he's never done that. Actually, I don't even think I've had. I've stopped having birthday parties. (laughs) Yeah. I've never been big on them. Again, I only did it as an excuse to get people together. And, and I've see, had even that I and even that I don't do because I'm like, well, what if I try to get people together and then no one shows up and then I'm going to be at the restaurant all by myself, which odds are probably would not happen. Right. But that's not how my anxiety riddle brain well, works. I had when we were in Derby, you could pretty much count that everyone on the team would show up, so you could have pretty big parties. There was one year after I got out of Derby, I think it was when I turned 39, we had a huge ass party. I, don't, I think you might not have been there. I think you were sick. I was about to say, I it actually you crossed. Were sick. Yeah, I crossed my mind the other day because somebody was talking. It was on the radio, and maybe it was Elvis Duran. They were talking about, or no, I think it was another state, whatever. They were talking about um, like party things not to do, and they said showing up to a party sick. Yeah. And it reminded me of that because I remember saying something like, I don't know if it was Facebook or wherever it was, something about like, 
would it be that bad? And I remember several people saying, like, don't come. Like, right. super, like, and I remember being, like, butt hurt, but at the same time, it also turned out. But I was, you, I was really Didn't you sick. have to go to the hospital? Yeah, I ended up, I think the night you had that party, I was in the ER. Yeah. In retrospect, I was super sick. Yeah. Not only would I not have enjoyed the party, it's possible I would have also infected multiple people with the plague. So thank you for not coming. Right. I was disappointed you weren't there because yeah. it ended up being a fucking epic party. Yeah, I'm not and I, lie, and I there remember was a shit ton of and people. And I remember, I think it was the day before or the morning of, was when I figured out like there's I can't go. I'm just too yeah. sick. And I remember being so upset about it because I was like, all these people are gonna be there. It's gonna be a fun party. <laughs> but to be honest, and then I ended up in the ER getting morphine. So you know, it, you were better off not. You got morphine. That's I'm gonna say yeah. I'm like I got drugs. I was cool. So, but for me, honestly, that was kind of like, I, so the year after I turned 40 and I had kind of a party, but it was much like it wasn't. And so I realized at that point, like that 39th birthday party was like the The peak peak birthday party. Yeah. And then I tried kind of again for 40th because it's your 40th. It's supposed to be a party. And it was okay. And then after that, I was like, you know what? I'm good. I don't need to do this anymore. And I stopped. And I've just quit well, celebrating. It's like my grandmother this June. She had, it was her 93rd birthday. And it finally only recently occurred to me why she made such a big deal. So at 93, she's outlived like every member of her family by like 25 years. That's like, amazing. No one's like, so this woman wanted a three-tier wedding cake for her birthday <laughs> cake, which she got. Three different tiers, all a different like flavor, you know, taste of cake, uh-huh. and said happy ninety third birthday and everything. Like relatives came in from everywhere, great grandchildren that she has never met or seen in pub like in person came. They it was big, and I even said to my dad afterward, like, how the fuck? Like she, how knows, are we gonna top like, this? She knows this isn't gonna get topped right? right and it finally clicked like oh she made such a big, big deal about that one because it was kind of like a you know a milestone and yeah. she's outlived so much of her family yeah but it was like i mean unless she makes it to a hundred like this is probably gonna be as big as a birthday yeah. like we blow our wad on this lady i hope <laughs> you don't want anything bigger after so next year's is gonna be lame just so yeah that's literally what i thought about like the weeks afterward and i was like her 94th, like, I'm going to feel so shitty next year at her 94th birthday. I'm be like, sorry, it's not last year. That's okay. If she Here makes it go. to 100, then you can do another rager. And that'll be seven years, so it'll have people, it'll give people time to, like, save up again. <laughs> right. And, I mean, who knows? Maybe there'll be great, great grandchildren. Probably not. The Could be. Great children are too small for that. Ugh. Ugh. Well, I, so I'm going to be 46 in 2020, and so I'm looking down the barrel. Stop making that face. I'm, tr- no, I'm trying to, I'm trying to think of, like, wait, so how old am I going to be? No, I had to think about how old I was going to be, and I was like, Ugh. You're nine years younger than me, right? Yeah, so I'll be 30. Yeah. Yeah. Shut up! It's not that bad. You're I know 30. it's just thirty weird. sounds so young to me. So it's just I'm, weird. Somebody said the other week, and they're like, "How old are you?" And first of all, it takes me a minute to remember. You're mid thirties. See, that's the thing. I can't even say like mid anymore you're because I'm past. Right. So now I have to say late. 30s. Well, you'll be wait. You are thirty six. Yeah, you're still mid. Once you hit thirty seven, you're late. I'll be late. I can. I started saying I'm almost forty, or saying I am now, forty, so, which is super fun <laughs> because invariably I get like three or four people that go. What? Because they didn't realize I was in my 30s at all, and I'm like, fuck yes. To be honest, you don't 
you don't look it. Yay! Yeah, you have like no wrinkles. To be fair, I'm also super immature and that really helps. No, but you also have no wrinkles. People tell me that. Thank you, because I was actually talking about wanting Botox earlier. And two of the people went and went, where? Where? And I was like, have this little line like right here. And they're like, Jesus. This. I have people tell me I don't have wrinkles. I'm like, have you not looked at my forehead? I have perma dents and like between my brows too from constantly like furrowing. See, and that's my. And there's like an old stand up thing. I think it's a. Brett Butler had a whole thing about like getting Botox and uh-huh. like talking about like that line yep. in between your eyebrows. Yep. And so like some woman telling her like, you know, we could snip that. And she's like, I mean, that little muscle in the indentation that indicates thought. And, like, <laughs> No, I still want to have expression. Right. <laughs> See, and I'm actually like, as I've gotten older, I've realized I really, I will, if I had the money, I would be one of those people who get plastic surgery constantly. Like if I had the money, I would be Joan Rivers. I'd be like 98% No, that scares plastic. the shit out of me. Steve and I have been watching RuPaul's Drag Race, and there's been a couple seasons now where there have been two different queens who have had a lot of plastic surgery, and I find it troubling to look at them. Yeah. Like, I find it uncomfortable because they don't, they know, they look like they're from Escape from L.A., right? Like the movie that was making fun of, there's that whole scene, and you and it's got Bruce Campbell, and he's like this crazy plastic surgeon, yeah. and he has ridiculous plugs, and his face is ridiculous, and they have all these women in there with the exaggerated lips and lips. breasts, and it's supposed to be a joke, right? But now there's people who actually look like, like, I sent you a gift the other day, and I said, if we ever end up on TV, I'm going to get <laughs> my lips done. But to be honest, I couldn't do it because there's there's a point at which it just becomes so exaggerated that it freaks me the fuck I out. I feel like I would do like really good. I'd get like two things and I'd be like, cool. And then I'd be like, but maybe just one more. And then it would go horribly. It would be addictive. Yeah. And then I would have to slap you around a little. You wouldn't feel but it. I would say, but I wouldn't would feel numb. it. So. Right. No, I can't. Like I could see getting Botox in my forehead because I have lots of wrinkles from making either the expression of surprise like i can't believe you're such a fucking idiot or furrow like i can't believe you're such a fucking idiot what the fuck right so um i could see that i wouldn't mind slightly plumper lips but i can't i don't even know if i can get on board with that because i'd be so afraid it would go wrong that i would look ridiculous. i, I would be big on lip plumpers but if i did awesome. it of course we'd have to have a party to celebrate the fact <laughs> naturally well you know they have botox parties where people will actually, they'll have plastic surgery. I have and, heard of that. But it's not a celebration. It's actually just a bunch of just women. Just an amazing getting. party. <laughs> With a bunch of women who are probably drunk on wine getting poison injected white wine into drunk. their face. Yep. Uh, well, I'm drinking white wine right now. So there, there you go. I mean, I'm not drunk, but I'm, I'm, I'm here drinking for it. a gin and tonic. Well, you're actually drinking a gin and uh, bubbly gin and, a gin and, <laughs> and seltzer because we don't have any tonic. Right, well, you so you had mentioned before um, uh, about people only wearing dresses once, but a new thing that has happened is the destroying the dress photo shoots. Yeah, for divorces and things. Yeah, so that's another thing where people will have staged these elaborate photos elaborate photo shoots to celebrate the end of a marriage that apparently was which is terrifying because i mean especially when we were talking before about how much money people conceivably spend on dresses so then thinking about like setting it on fire or something for a photo shoot yeah donate it to like a charity that gives no shit dresses to 
Yes. Poor prom high school students or some shit. Or, 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 or poor brides. Like anybody who can't afford yeah. a dress, how about you you or you could or, sell it or you could donate like there's so or many. Or turn it into like, I don't know, glittery sequined onesies or snot rags or some <laughs> shit. Like repurpose. My so the dress that I wore for my first wedding, which was actually handmade and embroidered, my daughter has. So I didn't destroy it just because my marriage ended. And I, and I don't want to. Like, it's not that... It didn't work out, but we didn't end on such terrible terms yeah. that I want to destroy any symbol of my... It happened. We still get along. I still think very highly of him. So I'm not... I don't feel the need to obliterate any right. memory of that celebration. And it's a lovely dress, and I don't want to destroy it. And if my bo- my daughter wants to do something with it, great. If she doesn't, I'll find another use for it. I don't want to wreck it. Exactly. Again, it's this idea, like, for me, this idea that, like, everything's expendable, and but we can spend all this money on stuff that we don't care about and we dispose of. Well, it's or, or really like people who, like, destroy, me. like, you know, their photo albums and stuff. And I'm like, I get that on one hand, but, you know, you see things, like, I f- can't remember what it was. Someone was talking about something like that. Both of their parents were still alive when yeah. they, they had those photos done. Or, like, a really close friend that died. And, like, things like that. Like, you know, where there are photos in existence from that event that there is no way to replicate. Or those people don't aren't alive right. anymore. And so it's kind of like, yeah, maybe one part of it isn't ideal anymore. But, like, dev- destroying an entire photo album because... You know. You're no longer with that person. Yeah, like I can get if it's like a very traumatic, like you know, like it turns abusive and terrible. Of things course. like that. That makes things way Burn different. Burn the shit yeah. out of it. That makes things way different, obviously. But just because you know it ended and it didn't you know, work out, it sucked and yeah. it was a shitty ending. Yeah, I can't imagine willy nilly being like all these things are related to that event, so they're all going in the trash. And if you have children, you need to respect the fact that even if you're no longer with their other parent. They still deserve to have memories of the history that you have. Exactly. And I'm that's... not going to destroy those pictures because my children probably want them. Right. And I mean, you know, maybe they won't, but in the, if nothing else, like... Then they can that, throw them away. Yeah, find that out or let, that, let them that be their decision. Or they can keep them till they're vintage and sell them. Or they can use them for funny greeting cards. I don't yeah. know, like, do something... I, it, yeah. I don't... Like, I still, like, the other day I was going through, I don't know, a binder or some shit and i found a whole stack of photos and there ones in there of my parents wedding like they're adorable like yeah. even if my parents weren't together now i'd be like oh look it's cute like my parents divorced when i was 15 so they yeah. divorced like 30 actually it might have been when i was 14 so maybe 31 years ago 32 years ago by now i have their photo album and I love it. I want to see what they looked like then. So regardless of the fact that they're no longer married, I like to see what they looked like when they were 19 and 20 Yeah, I'm going to say, yeah. Like, my parents got married, you know. And they're the terrible bridesmaids' dresses. And right. <laughs> my like, grandparents, who still looked old even when they were in their 40s. Exactly. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, you know, I'm like, this is like 30 years old. So my grandparents were, you know, 30 years younger than they are now. And, like, they look super young or they look super old or, like. Yeah, like you said, like, oh, my God, look at those dresses. Or, like, my mom, like, my mom's been married twice before. All of the wedding photos I've seen from her first wedding and when she married my dad are very timeless looking. Like, there's yeah. nothing about them that I look at and I'm like, oh, my God, that looks super dated. Like, and that's a, I think that's super adorable. It and is. my mom's, like, my parents' wedding photos, my mom's pregnant in those photos. So, like, I like you can't tell, but I know looking at those pictures, like, hey, I'm there, too. <laughs> Like, I mean, there's a sentimental value yeah, to it. That's and that's cute. And I, like, I some people, yeah, some people's kids couldn't give a flying fuck 
other people's wood. So it's like, you know, don't destroy things. I would rather someone else make that choice. Like, I don't want to make, I don't want to rob them of the opportunity to have that just because I may not have good memories of it. Yeah. That that doesn't mean they don't value those images. So I'm not going to destroy them. But I mean, so while I understand that there can be something very cathartic about destroying the dress because it's a symbol of something that you want to shed yourself of and it can feel like you're, you're heading into a new era and stage. And I understand that for some people that's a necessary step. Yeah. And I get it. I just wish that we could do it symbolically rather than destroying something right. that could be Plus given my thing to is like, lit- like if you have a wedding ring, like literally the wedding ring is like your bond. Fucking take the ring off. Like, boom. Yeah. It's done. Yeah. Like, yeah. Why just, do you have to set shit on fire? Yeah. And again, I've kept mine as well because I assume my children are going to want them. Yeah. I'm not just going to ditch them, you know? Yeah. So, I, again, I understand the symbolic nature of moving on and shutting your past, but there's also, like, a practical side of that that makes me want to... So, celebrate it through through ways that don't necessarily avoid <laughs> destruction. Yeah. But at least when you're talking about, like, destroying the dress, you're not... You're not requiring other people to, like, give you <laughs> Although there are people who have divorce parties. Yeah, that is. What was it? A friend of ours did... What did she call it? It wasn't an anniversary. It was, like, a divorce anniversary or something. I don't know. One of the girls from Derby, I don't want to say her name on here, but the, her husband and her split, and so it was around the time that would have been, like, an anniversary. Uh-huh. She had a party at her house, and it, it was sort of... And kind of, like, you know, like, a good riddance kind of thing. Yeah. I think she was bitter-ish, but it wasn't like, you know, like, And again, if it's something... It was something, it got people together, so I mean, it was more of an excuse of like, hey, this kind of crappy thing happened, and let's celebrate that that crappy thing is over by hanging out and having drinks and eating. Or I need support, because this is a difficult day for me, so... And I'm totally on board with that, because again, it's more like support, and it's about kind of um, shedding your past and moving forward, so I have less problem with that. I think my problem comes into play when it's the insistence on requiring other people to participate in stuff (coughs) to an exaggerated degree, requiring gifts, requiring money, that is putting stressors on other people, and of course... Because we all know I've, this has come up time and time again, my dislike of social media and the fact that it inspires a lot of competition. And that's that's really the root of this for me. Welcome to the end of the first part of our discussion on the over-celebration of many of life's ordinary events. Come back in a couple weeks and hear more discussions about things like push presents and graduations for every single stage of school. And find out why we named our episode What We Did. Bye. We are not scientists, medical professionals, or mental health experts. We are simply two people interested in discussing a topic that affects everyone, either directly or indirectly. We are not expressing expert opinions, and anything we say should not replace medical advice or treatment. If you're struggling with depression or anxiety, especially if you are thinking of harming yourself or someone else, please seek the help of a mental health or medical professional. The number for the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline is 1-800-273-8255. You can also chat with them online. Take care. My Asshole Brain was written and hosted by Amanda Green and Stephanie Coons. Artwork by Doug Tolles, produced by Stephen Beasley, and presented by Greasley Enterprises. Copyright 2018. All rights reserved.